Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This week's classic episode is one that remains relevant and in no small way frightening in the in the modern day. Uh, you know, when you hear about class structure in the U.S., one of the big things you hear, especially every time there's an election coming up, is you'll hear people talking about the middle class the people who are maybe not the you know working poor right maybe not dependent upon direct government aid but maybe they're also not you know a paycheck away from being out on the streets but they also don't own a yacht you know what i mean they might yeah. own like a, a vacation house somewhere, but that's that's it. You can still be middle class and on a vacation and on a second home. I would have thought that would have bumped you up to the next level. I'm pretty sure when we're talking about the middle class here, as we're going to learn in this episode, it is a lot of people, at least that are classified historically as being in the middle class. It's a wide range. Or, or that call themselves the middle class. Mm, you know, there's, mm, there's mm. such a wide mm. variation because, you know, there, there are a lot of people who, of course, they say, I don't want to think of myself as below middle class. You might be surprised to learn there are a lot of people that most people would consider upper class who say, whoa, whoa, guys, I have only two Rolls Royces. I'm middle class, just like you. It makes me think of that scene in 30 Rock where Steve Buscemi's like wearing like a skater outfit and like holding a skateboard in like a middle school. And he's saying, you know, greetings, fellow kids. This would be like greetings, fellow plebs. <laughs> right. It's it's uh, it also speaking of 30 Rock reminds me a little bit of that Alec Baldwin line that always stuck with me. 
Uh, Liz Lemon asks him why he's wearing a tux, and he says, it's after six, Lemon. What am I, a <laughs> farmer? <laughs> and, God. And so we see, I mean, we're joking, but uh, today's question is, is the middle class going extinct? Other questions um, that we should probably think about, too, as we listen to this classic episode are, uh, has the middle class already gone extinct? What is the middle class? Uh, was it a fad to begin with? Or is it just endangered? Let's learn together. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back. My name is Matt. And I am Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. And today, Ben, we're tackling a topic that's going to hit home with you right away. And I can tell. I know. How can you tell me personally or everybody out there listening with us? Everybody listening. This is something we can all identify with. Well, not all of us, Ben. We've probably heard about it. Uh, perhaps our robotic listeners who loved uh, loved that episode, by the way, perhaps they can identify with it. Now, Matt, I have to say that a lot of people, before we get started, a lot of people don't know that you have some amazing voices under your belt, or I guess in your throat. You get the gist of what I'm saying. Yes, they exist mostly inside my throat. Uh, some of them are in my head. Uh, <laughs> every, every once in a while, they coincide. So we did uh, we did the opening for this episode a couple times today because, Matt, you were doing brilliant public radio voice that sounded really good, and I was, uh, I was just messing up an Ira Glass impression. <laughs> so maybe, that's, that's exactly what it was. I was trying to picture what it was. Nice, Ben. Well, if it's a good impression, then you just know. Well, uh, look, I haven't been listening to as much This American Life as I probably should be. Ah, yeah. Lately. Well, we're big fans, but we uh, also want to tell you this, listeners, uh, just so that you know that maybe you can write to Matt asking him to do some voices, and uh, maybe, maybe he will, because I can't persuade you to do them. No, it, you'd yeah. be hard-pressed to persuade me to do this. The, the voices are usually things I do, I don't know, in, in the shower, in theater class, in ninth grade. In our office after six? Yeah. That that's when they really come. That's out. when they kick in. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I can hear the voices in your head then too. Uh, so, one thing that I always think about when I hear the phrase "middle class," right, mm -hmm. is I think about the what we call in the United States the American dream. Yeah, know? man. I think about suburbia. Mm -hmm. Two point five kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe a dog. Mm -hmm. Sometimes cats. In my case, it was cats. Okay. Yeah, probably own a car, take a vacation once in a while. At least making payments on a car. Right, yeah. What the heck is the middle class? So many people in the West talk about it, and there's always this big concern. You know, every every few years, uh, some pundit will come out on your local radio or television and say, the middle class is disappearing. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let's define our terms, first of all, as we like to do here. Well, the middle class is a financial label above most other things, but it's also, it kind of talks about a lifestyle or refers to a lifestyle. Okay. Um, about what a family, um, a family unit can afford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, again, we're talking about a home, cars, and, you know, to some extent, education. 
Okay. And also even the ability to take vacations. Uh, there are like budgeting and saving. They, it encompasses a lot of different things. Well, a little bit of light investing. So what, uh, then it's not just, uh, physical goods, the ability to buy physical goods. Like what's that 80 song, uh, material world? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go into it? <laughs> How does it go? <laughs> I don't know that I can legally in okay. this, uh, format, but. It's Madonna, and I'm, yes. I'm checking, um, I'm throwing a side eye here with our super producer, Noel Brown, on the ones and twos, because you guys, Matt and Noel know, uh, darn near everything about music. They know a lot of stuff, uh, which is. We dabble. We dabble. You guys dabble for sure. Uh, which is why every so often you'll hear some, uh, some amazing sounds on our audio podcast or video podcast. Uh, but I, I digress. <laughs> Let's get I back to it. So hard. Yes. Uh, so it's not just that this household could buy material goods. It's that there is this lifestyle. Um, maybe they don't have two homes and travel to Florida every winter or something, but they do probably have a summer vacation when the kid's out of school. Yes, exactly. And things exactly. like that. So the further we drill down into this definition of a, what a middle class is, uh, the more that we find there is not necessarily a one-size-fits-all rule because what means middle class depends on the country in which you live. Absolutely. And as we live in the U.S., we're going to be focusing primarily on that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so let's look at the money factor, first of all. All right. So the average income in the United States was uh, $51,017 in 2012. So that's just the, the, um, the, is that mean, I guess? It must yeah, be the mean yeah, the middle, average. Uh, the middle number. So mm-hmm. counting all the people who made negligible and counting all the people who made a lot, we end up with a, alarmingly deceptive number because you can't take an average of that many no. people and that many uh in that many environments and different socioeconomic circumstances mm-hmm. and expect it to be uh very helpful representative representative right? is so and there are two things about that number what's that first of all it's pretty high yeah but it's not the highest it's not like cutter or something right exactly but it is globally pretty high mm-hmm there's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, With three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. 
And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So let's look at another place, Ben. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Democratic Republic of Congo. The average income there is $236. Wow. Uh, we should note, of course, as well, that that is one of the poorest countries in the world by this metric. But it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Because they also have a wealth of resources and suffer from what is often called an international politics the resource curse the resource curse which which is (laughs) no that's okay that is just another show Uh, Uh, and we will have to cover that again i think we mentioned that before in another talk about international banking we mentioned it Mm -hmm. um resource extraction you can check out some of our we had a outdated video now but it still holds up pretty well called uh is china colonizing africa Mm mm-hmm which I would recommend to anybody who's interested in stories of resource extraction uh, or f- establishing slash fighting hegemony. And if you don't want to look at our videos, then just uh, look up the current president of Bolivia and see how, how he's working with the Dude. U.S. Uh, and remember that we said Bolivia because that, that'll be interesting later. So uh, there's a stand. If we were to take a standard definition from like a financial website, we would say uh, – we will find a couple of different numbers. One that's commonly found is that $25,000 to $100,000 of income a year is what most people would consider a middle-class income. Uh, this accounts for a wide cost of living differential. So, you know, it costs more to live in New York City than it does in um, Fargo or Grand sure. Forks. And so anyone who lives in San Francisco or New York will tell you that $25,000 a year is dirt poor, dirty yeah. poor. Um, Nothing. It, and that's because uh, in that city, you can't, uh, you can't make a long con. You can't grow 
old support mm-hmm. of family and retire. And have a place to sleep at night. Right, right. With $25,000 a year, I mean, you couldn't, it's, we'd be, you'd be really hard pressed to find a place to live. Yeah, now there are subsidies for food and, uh, for residents, right? But, uh, this, and you know, of course, we're not in any way denigrating anybody who makes $25,000 and lives in a very expensive city. Uh, Absolutely not. It's just the reality of living, you know, cost of living in certain areas. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta, where we are based, has uh, one of the lowest costs of living for a city its size. And that only ever becomes apparent to me when I'm in another city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So what we found is that this means, essentially, there is no universally recognized definition of middle class. But there is something different about the socioeconomic makeup of Western countries over the last few decades. In many countries, the Western middle class, however vaguely defined, isn't prospering, at least in the way that it once was, back when we had an economic boom with uh, construction and uh, industrialization in the Mm U.S., mm -hmm. when we were making cars, let's say, a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. There is a sea change that is troubling to people, and there's this – we can't make any bones about it. This is not a conspiracy theory, no matter how often it may be presented as one. Uh, this is not a rumor. It is true in hard numbers that inequality in the United States is rising in some areas more than other areas. So what does this mean for me would be most people's question, right? Yeah, exactly. From the Koch brothers to uh, somebody making $21,000 and living just outside of New York, the question would always be, what does this mean for me? Very different answers. Well, sure. And, and it, <laughs> exactly. So, it, it, first of all, it means a lot of different things depending on where you are, like we said at the top. In developing and emerging markets, we're actually seeing uh, a rise or an emerging middle class. Ah, so it's not so much that the global middle class is dying as it is that the middle class, what it means to be middle class, is moving. Yeah, isn't that a weird idea? It's yeah. just that that type of emerging wealth has mm. just transferred. It just took a trip uh, across the world to other, other different places. That sort of lifestyle is becoming increasingly popular in countries where it wasn't once upon a time. Exactly. So then we also see that rising inequality has dangerous effects on the existing uh, middle class mm-hmm. of these of these different countries. Uh, in October of 2014, interestingly enough, the United Kingdom's wealthiest 10 percent controlled 54.1 percent of the country's total wealth. Um, if we if we look at the math of that, you know, it can be a, a deceptive thing. A lot of these statistics can sound scary, and some mm-hmm. of them were constructed not by us, but constructed or framed to sound frightening. We know that inequality is on the rise in the United Kingdom. It's on the rise in uh, the United States. Maybe not for the same reasons, but there have been some pretty smart people making some pretty good studies about this, right? The authors of the new study, Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel Zuckman, highlight that the wealth inequality was high in the beginning of the 20th century, decreased steadily from 1929 to 1978, but was continuously increased ever since then. Moreover, the increase in wealth inequality is almost completely due to the increase in the top 
0.1% wealth share from 7% in 1979 to 22% in 2012, nearly as high as in 1929. The study also showed that the wealth share of the bottom 90% wealth edged up until the mid-1980s and has been declining steadily ever since. And today, a huge majority of Americans acknowledge the growing gap between the rich and the poor, and a lot of people say, hey, I think that is going to be a problem if it isn't already, but there's little uh, there's little agreement on the causes of this rise in inequality or how to uh, address it. You know what I mean? Sure, Ben. So that question is hugely complex, and you'll hear people like Russell Brand talking about it on talk shows. Mm-hmm. He, he even wrote a book about it recently, um, and lots of other people just trying to figure out a way to help stop this inequality from increasing. And then there are people who say that it's part of the system, so it should exist in some way. And a capitalist society sort of inherently demands inequality. And then on the far side, you have people on the far, far other side, you might have people who say uh, something like Ayn Rand was right with her opinion. And I do mean opinion about objectivism. And then you have people on the other end of the spectrum who will say, you know, why do we need to have any sort of system? Let's just let people do what they want because people are inherently good. What's the worst that could happen? Right. Yeah. And then we'll all be equal. Uh, however, we have some uh, compelling physiological evidence that human beings are not capable of considering the rest of the human race as a peer, as a, as a group of people. We crap out around 150. That's all our brain can con- conceive. That's the of. amount of uh, close or friends, I guess. That was mm-hmm. either you did a brain stuff on that. Yeah, Dunbar's number. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Now we can go ahead. We've set the stage, right? The extinction of the middle class, the definitions, uh, the exploration and some of the assumptions. And now it's almost time for the really crazy stuff. But first, a word from our sponsor. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a style stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. 
Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You know, usually we have our sponsor, Illumination Global Unlimited, coming in. Yeah, but they're not here this week. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll come back sometime. Yeah, it all depends, really, if the uh, stars are in the right positions. And Sure, there are a lot of factors mm-hmm. that Illumination Global Unlimited takes into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, oh, by the way, I guess we should say that for anybody who hasn't checked out our episodes. Uh, be sure to... Um, Put like a sheet over your TVs or your mirrors Mm -hmm. if you're listening to or using a lot of Illumination Global products. Uh, But anyway, just a little PSA there. Uh, Here's the crazy stuff. Here's where it gets crazy. I love it. Is there an oligarchy that is developed in the United States? That's the big question. We all know what an oligarchy is. It's a small group of interests or whatever running a larger group. Sure. So do you want my personal answer or my objective research answer? Uh, let's see. First, the objective research and then your personal take. Well, whether or not this has developed inside the United States is a matter of debate. There are a lot of differing opinions, but there's something even more surprising about this subject when you look at the research. Okay. Across the world, the globe as a whole, inequality has actually decreased, at least for a time, leading up to the recent economic disaster. So to 2007 and then some of the other stuff that's been going on. So things were getting better for a little while. But you have to be really careful when you look at the stats. Ah, right. We've got a great report via The Guardian. The richest 1% of the world's population are getting uh, wealthier 
if not healthier, which I almost said, owning more than 48% of global wealth. This was according to the Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report, uh, which you can find online. And uh, here we go, though. When we say the richest 1% of mm-hmm. the entire world, that's such a bigger number in both directions. So what 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 are the numbers, Matt? Well, a person only needs $3,650 including the value or equity in your home, to be among the wealthiest half of the world's citizens. Wow. Okay. And then uh, to be a member of the top 10% of global wealth holders, you need more than $77,000. And that isn't a not like a how much money you make every year. That's, That's a, a how much like, worth. Yes, net exactly. Worth or something. And then, uh-huh. last but not least. Can we get a drum roll, No. You need $798,000 to belong in the top 1%. No, that's smaller. That's a smaller amount than I thought, but I guess that's because it's a much bigger 1%. Sure. So Uh, that is a lot more money than this guy will ever see in his lifetime. Um, But, you know, it's something to shoot for, Ben. Ah, oh, the American dream as where we started in the beginning. So uh, let's go straight to some of the more conspiratorial stuff. One thing that I thought was interesting that comes to us from uh, political spheres, mm-hmm. right, is the idea that concerns over inequality are some sort of noise or propaganda made by socialist and communists seeking to overthrow capitalism. So... I guess the argument there would be that the nature of inequality itself is being vilified and that it's not bad for uh, a few people to control as much wealth. Yeah. In in the eyes of someone uh, talking about this, mm-hmm. I would say they they see it as more villainizing the rich. And at least that in my head, that's what I see. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, I would argue that perhaps those arguments come from the wealthy a lot of the times. Right, and that would that would make sense because opponents of that argument would say that there is a group of wealthy elites actively working to disempower the populations of various countries, which is not I'm I'm it's gonna, I'm going to be honest, it's totally been proven that that's happened in the past. We know that that has happened mm-hmm. in the past. Um during times of imperialism or colonialism. And no, I'm not just talking about European expansions. I'm talking about the the history of tribute states, the history of vassals and peasants and servants and lifelong slavery, which uh, still exists. I think Mauritania uh, still has quite a large slave population. Mm. Yeah, and also if you look at the power of money in politics now, especially in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, you need a certain amount of money to make any kind of waves in the political sphere here. That's true. And, you know, if you're increasing that w- that wealth gap, then perhaps that's one of the goals. I don't know. I'm just a guy, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. There's Also, there was all uh, – you remember – this might be a, a little bit before some of our listeners' time, uh, but you remember growing up and hearing about the the idea of uh, trickle down economics, mm-hmm. um, which I I still probably have a child's understanding of that because mm-hmm. I, I didn't really get it when I was a kid, and I haven't looked into it too much. But I just want to present these counter arguments. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. trickle down economics. The 
the idea that when the the ultra wealthy have a lot of money, they spend a lot of money, and then it trickles down throughout the economy because they're spending money here and there and here and there. It yeah, pays everybody else. That's my understanding. Inherently, I don't understand how that would work because that is the dispersion of wealth, not the accumulation of wealth. And also because of Swiss bank accounts and or Australian incorporation. Right. Wouldn't you be more likely to try to save money? I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. But uh, there's another point here, and this is the one that I think has the most sand, that the relationships between governments and businesses are empowering wealthy actors, and by that we mean companies as well as individuals, mm-hmm. at the expense of the poor. Yeah. And again, look at the representation in governments where, especially in places where money makes the politician. Right. Yeah. So we, we've talked about this, you and I extensively when we've done any a series on financial shenanigans. There's this, there's this argument. A lot of people here in the states are very cynical about the relationship between financial institutions and the regulatory bodies set to watch those financial institutions. Yes. I can't air, <laughs> air quote hard enough, uh, on regulatory or uh. watch, but, but there, and you know, the idea there is something that we lampooned in an earlier podcast that these, uh, groups can't really watch each other or have the kind of, uh, authoritative relationship they need to have because they end up work, the individuals end up working for the same companies. But to be fair, the counter argument is that this field is so rarefied and complex that they're the only people qualified to work in it. Sure. It makes my eyes, my eyes roll down if you saw that. I saw that. I saw that they're rolling hard. They're still yeah. rolling. Uh, so without me personally commenting on it, sure. I just want to present that argument and counter argument. It's true, though, that governments have, in the eyes of the public, not just in the United States, but also in the United Kingdom, uh, that governments have been seen as not stopping crimes by large financial institutions. And typically that's seen as further proof that the middle class is somehow being squeezed out of a judicial process, a legislative process, things like that. Um, but another thing that you and I have run into quite often is that the laws, it's, it's very important to figure out who gets to write laws. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, uh, the concerns that we have read about with the idea of a dis- disappearing middle class is that, um, first, it's so very vaguely defined in the United States. If you ask people in a poll, the majority of people in the United States would say that they are the middle class. Um, and politicians have wildly differing ideas about this. But are these people being shut out of legislation? That's a question, right? It's a really good question, and I think it should be addressed by people who know more than us. <laughs> right, which might be you listeners, hopefully. Uh, so we wanted to know if the if you think that uh, the middle class is disappearing. And let's keep in mind also that over the great span of human existence, the middle class is a very recent phenomenon. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and also, here's another question. Is it necessary that inequality exist for, let's say, the entire system to run correctly? That's Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, is there a conscious drive by someone or some group to accelerate inequality? Ben, I was reading this thing right before we came in here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can look this up. It was about restaurants in the that aim for the middle class that are middle of the road. Oh, okay. Uh, like, and it mentions specifically places like Red Lobster, mm-hmm. um, Olive Outback, Garden, I, guess, I think, I Olive Garden. Think. Yeah, and just talking about how those being in a owning a restaurant in that level right now is really dangerous because restaurants are starting to shift. Uh, at least the ones that are prospering right now uh-huh. are either the really ritzy, high-priced places with locally sourced food that's just prepared by, uh, you know, a chef genius in the back, mm-hmm. and then to the fast food, this is as cheap as it can possibly get. Right. And the people in the middle are finding that they are just losing money week after week. Fascinating. So if middle-class families aren't disappearing, middle-class restaurants are. Well, People aren't going out the, to eat. The idea is that the people who find themselves and identify in the middle class are trying to save every bit of money that they possibly can because they're feeling squeezed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. perhaps not getting that small raise for cost of living every year or sure. not getting just what all the different reasons. A medical emergency. Anything that could pop up. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting to me. And it made me think about my past growing up. And we, my family, just as a little anecdote, I want to see if anybody identifies with this. When it was a special occasion, after I got to about 10, Red Lobster was like my jam. So, no way. so if it was a special occasion, I was like, mom, dad, please, can we go get some of those garlic? <laughs> Cheddar uh, the garlic biscuits, ch- man. Yeah. Um, that's all I wanted. I didn't care about the lobster. I didn't care about any other stuff. I just yeah. wanted those biscuits. Uh, but yeah, we could only afford to go there maybe, you know, a couple times a year. You uh, ran the biscuit most. game. Dude, but it just makes me. Uh, <laughs> I see what you're saying because it, it now, in retrospect, you're thinking, yeah, this is not a place we would go every week. Exactly, um, because we we couldn't afford to, at least at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it makes me. It just makes me wonder what effect that has on the wider scale. Just if, right. if you're just looking at restaurants, like what what else is is starting to disappear? Sure, and that's a really good question. Like, uh, are there certain types of cars that people aren't buying? Um, what about home home purchases? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, vacations, all the stuff we named in the beginning, essentially. And uh, you know, you can track that to the skyrocketing cost of some of these things, as well as wage stagnation. And uh, everybody, Ooh. big hand to Noel for editing that thing. I, I I was trying to say that sentence like four times in a row. Big up, Noel. Yeah, big up. Everything you like about this show is probably Noel. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to get out of here, everybody. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Matt. I have one piece of listener mail for you. Oh, fine. Punk G writes to us and says... I really enjoy listening to your podcast. While listening to the show today, I'm stuck on wanting to know if Matt Frederick is Canadian. He sounds like he is. That's all they said. Really? That's that's what he wants to know? Wow, Hank. Uh, no, sir. I, I am not Canadian. I was born in Alpharetta, Georgia, and I have lived less than 50 miles from there my whole life. So, wow. As far as we know. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for interrupting you, Matt. I thought it was a great question, and we should get it out there in case other people believe that you're Canadian, not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, it's quite all right, Ben. So, uh, everybody, 
find us on Facebook A and uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. We are at Conspiracy Stuff there. Uh, also on Facebook, Conspiracy Stuff. Go to our website, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, for everything we've ever done. It all exists there, and it's all wondrous. Uh, the URL may be a little long, but hey, you can you you can figure it out. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.